Hello, everyone. Welcome to Eternity, where love never fails. Hello, everyone. Thanks for listening. This is the Eternity Bible Study Podcast, where we walk through the Bible together every weekday, Monday through Friday. We're podcasting from here in the United States and in Zambia with a goal to share our thoughts and encourage one another as we read God's Word together verse by verse. My co-host in Zambia, Matali and I, are both listening to Through the Bible Podcast and then sharing our thoughts and encouragement with you. From America to Africa and everywhere else, God is in control. As always, our attribution goes to Through the Bible with Dr. J. Vernon McGee. So if you've ever wanted to try to read the Bible every day, we hope you can join us. We're regular people just like you, trying to learn more about God and walk in step with His Holy Spirit. So if you have your Bible, feel free to read along. And if not, no problem. We'll try to put it all together for you. So let's get started. Well, we're back in the book of Genesis today. We are in chapter 41, and we've been in this chapter um, by what McGee calls the rocket ship ascension of Joseph to power. Joseph gets to be um, um, placed as the governor of the whole land. Um, He was second uh, only to Pharaoh. And that's because Joseph interpreted Pharaoh's dreams. Um, He told him there would be seven years of plenty and then seven years of famine. And he advised Pharaoh that he was going to need to um, store up the grain for the people. Um, Grain that would be produced in the seven years of plenty. He would store it up so that the people would have food to eat for the seven years of famine. And of course, Joseph was uh, brought out of prison uh, to interpret Pharaoh's dream. So Pharaoh was so impressed with Joseph that he um, he um, made him basically in charge of everything and then gave him a wife, Astana, who's the daughter of the chief priest. So um, he really brings Joseph in and incorporates him uh, to the Egyptian inner court. And um, so we're going to pick up here, verse 46. Joseph was 30 years old when he entered the service to Pharaoh, king of Egypt. Now, a couple parallels that McGee makes between Joseph and um, Jesus. Um, Joseph takes a Gentile bride. Okay, she was an Egyptian bride. And you say, well, Jesus takes an, a Gentile bride too. Who's, who did he marry? Well, the church is his bride. So, and the church was Gentiles. So, kind of a, a parallel there. Um, and both were about 30 years old when they began to be active in their new phase of life, their new ministry in life. And uh, we've, we've said there was um, a few other parallels between Joseph and Jesus. Both were hated. Both were sold and betrayed. Both uh, had people trying to kill them. Both were more or less thrown into a pit. Uh, Joseph into a pit uh, like a um, prison and Jesus in a pit of a grave. Uh, And Joseph was originally thrown into a pit originally when he was sold, before he was sold to Potiphar. 
uh, both obeyed God against all odds, and both uh, were mocked by brothers who refused to accept them. Um, both uh, had their clothes taken away from them and stained with blood. Um, both were tempted and resisted in different ways. Uh, one was savior of the known world, like Joseph was savior of the of the modern-day world. And of course, Jesus was the savior of the whole world, even now. Both were falsely accused, and the truth was overlooked, and they were forgotten. Um, but both were faithful in all of their relationships. So a lot of parallels continue uh, as we look at the life of Joseph and, and Jesus. Verse 46, Joseph was 30 years old. And Joseph went out from the presence of Pharaoh and went through all the land of Egypt. During the seven plentiful years, the earth produced abundantly. And he gathered up all the food of these seven years, which occurred in the land of Egypt. And he put the food in the cities. So he's storing this food <clears throat> where it's going to be most efficient to distribute the food um, so the people can come to the cities eventually and, and get the food there. He put every city, um, he put in every city the food from the fields around it. Verse 49, And Joseph stored up grain in great abundance, like the sand of the sea, until he ceased to measure it, for it could not be measured. Okay, big, big grain storage here. Verse 50, Before the year of famine came, two sons were born to Joseph, Asthaniah, uh, the daughter of Papera, priest of On, bore to him. Verse 51, Joseph called the name of the firstborn Manasseh, for he said, God has made me forget all my hardship in all my father's house. And the name of the second he called Ephraim, for God has made me fruitful in the land of my affliction. McGee calls Manasseh uh, kind of amnesia, and, uh, and Ephraim called uh, that one uh, ambrosia. Because ambrosia sounds like fruitfulness and amnesia sounds like Manasseh. That's kind of what they mean. I'm forgetting and I'm fruitful. So he kind of names the forgetful, you know, kid that makes him forget, um, which is the fact that he's really in a new life now. But Ephraim, the one who's fruitful for the second time, uh, that's really what that means, fruitful for the second time twice fruitful. So he does remember that he was fruitful back when he was um, with his father. So uh, in any event, he has two kids. Verse 53, uh, the seven years of plenty that occurred in the land of Egypt came to an end. Verse 54, and the seven years of famine began to come, as Joseph has said. Okay, so his you know, interpretation of Pharaoh's dream now is coming true. Boy, was Pharaoh glad he had trusted Joseph, huh? There was famine in all the lands, but in all the land of Egypt there was bread. When all the land of Egypt was famished, the people cried to Pharaoh for bread. Pharaoh said to all the Egyptians, Go to Joseph. Go to Joseph. What he says to you, do. Okay, so Pharaoh 
is basically letting Joseph run the show. Verse 56, So when the famine had spread over all the land, Joseph opened all the storehouses and sold to the Egyptians, for the famine was severe in the land of Egypt. Moreover, all the earth came to Egypt to Joseph to buy grain, because the famine was severe over all the earth. Verse 42, When Jacob... I'm just realizing something, you know, um, you've got Joseph being one of the greatest administrators in Egypt, and you've got uh, Daniel being one of the greatest administrators in Babylon. And uh, both of these regions now kind of hate Israel, but if they really look at their history, one of the greatest administrators was a Hebrew and uh, kind of a Hebrew slave to start with, and um, God actually was um, working His will to save these lands. Interesting, isn't it? Verse 42, I mean chapter 42. Now this comes to a a different chapter, but it's very dramatic as uh, we're going to see the the famine over the land is touching back the land of Canaan, back in uh, Israel. And so Jacob's, Joseph's brothers are going to uh, have to come begging for grain. And as we're going to see, they're going to find out that Joseph's in charge. The brother that they sold is actually going to be in charge. And the dreams that he had initially when they would be bowing down to him, that is also going to come true too. Well, all right, let's jump in here. We're going to go down to about verse 14. Chapter 42, verse 1. When Jacob learned that there was grain for sale in Egypt, he said to his sons, Why do you look at one another? And he said, Behold, I've heard that there is grain for sale in Egypt. Go down and buy grain for us there, that we may live and not die. Okay, so Jacob is basically saying, Why are you guys looking at each other? we got to do something. Verse 3, so ten of Joseph's brothers went down to buy grain in Egypt. But Jacob did not send Benjamin, Joseph's Joseph's brother. Remember, he had twelve sons. uh, And uh, the last two, uh, Jacob, the last two of Jacob's sons, Joseph and Benjamin, were um, from... His wife, uh, Rachel, who died during childbirth with Benjamin. So these two boys were special. And he just, he lost Joseph about 20 years earlier. He didn't want to lose Benjamin. But Jacob did not send Benjamin, Joseph's brother, with his brothers, for he feared that harm might happen to him. Verse 5, thus the sons of Israel, remember uh, God is now calling Jacob Israel. So the sons of Israel came to buy among the others who came for the famine was in the land of Canaan. Okay, so the famine was pretty much worldwide, the known world. Verse 6, Now Joseph was governor over the land. He was the one who sold to all the people of the land. And Joseph's brothers came and bowed themselves before him with their faces to the ground. Okay, so here they are. Joseph's the governor. Brothers who sold him into slavery, even tried to kill him. Now they're coming begging him to him for food. Verse 7, Joseph saw his brothers and recognized them. 
Okay, and McGee says he pro- he probably was looking out for them to come because he knew this famine was all over the land, and he knew sooner or later his father would be sending him to come to get grain. So he saw him, recognized him. But what did he do? But he treated them like strangers and spoke roughly to them. Where do you come from, he said. They said from the land of Canaan to buy food. And Joseph recognized his brothers, but they did not recognize him. So he speaks to them. They don't even they don't even recognize him. And Joseph remembered the dreams that he had dreamed of them. And he said to them, you're spies. You've come to see the nakedness of the land. In other words, he's accusing them of being spies on Egypt to see what how vulnerable they are, probably for military attack. I mean, Joseph had a lot of things on his mind. He was leaving looking for spies. He he knew about this possibility. Verse 10, they said to him, No, my Lord, your servants have come to buy food. We are all sons of one man. Now, just this shows you how clever Joseph, uh, Joseph is. He's asking them questions probably to get information about how things are going back home with his dad and his brother Benjamin. And he's probably trying to find out what the hearts of his brothers are all about. Again, paralleling to Jesus, he's calling them out a little bit like oh, for their sin, and he's trying to get to their heart, just like Jesus tries to get to our hearts. And they're saying, we're honest men. And of course, that's not true. And he knows it because they, they're... They're very dishonest because they were the ones who lied, framed, and are responsible for all the years that he was in prison. Your servants have never been spies. Verse 12, he said to them, No, this it is the nakedness of the land that you have come to see. And they said to him, We are your servants. We uh, are twelve brothers, the sons of one man in the land of Canaan. And behold, the youngest is this day with our father, and one is no more. So now the brothers are telling Joseph a little bit more about who they are and they acknowledge Benjamin and even acknowledge himself as being dead. They think he's dead when they say one is no more. Verse 14, but Joseph said to them, it is as I said to you, you're spies. Okay, very dramatic situation right now. And we're going to have to stop here and see what happens in this very dramatic part of the Bible where Joseph's brothers who threw him into into the pit and sold him into slavery or even at one point tried to conspire, conspire to kill him, responsible for so much upheaval and hardship in his life. Joseph had every reason to be bitter for all the things that happened to his life. Joseph had every reason to be bitter to these brothers, but he, we're going to find out what happens and why he is trying to get more information on them in the way he's doing it. So we're going to stop here, and we're going to turn the rest of the podcast over to my co-host in Zambia, Matali. Now, I'm not sure that Matali's going to be um, um, recording today. Um, there's illness in the family, and so um, we're just going to take a moment and pray for Matali and her family Father, we thank you for being in control and sovereign over everything. No matter what it looks like, 
day to day. We know that you are in control and is even with the example of Joseph. Joseph never feared. Joseph always trusted in you. And I pray that your uh, Holy Spirit will be with Matali, uh, Ben, and Emma uh, as they are ill today. And just be with them and let them feel the power of your presence in your healing hand. In your the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. So we're going to stop here. And um, I have a feeling Matali's not going to record today, but um, I will uh, leave that option open if, if she does so. So from me to all of you, God bless you. Keep your heart centered on Christ. And we'll meet right back here tomorrow as we continue our study through the book of Genesis. Hello. So today's teaching is coming from Genesis chapter 41, beginning at verse 46 all the way to Genesis chapter 42, verses 1 to verse 14. So Joseph is in Egypt from our last study last week. We had read that Joseph is in Egypt and has not had, you know, much luck up until this point where we got to. So Pharaoh has called him in to interpret the dream of uh, Pharaoh, of the dream that Pharaoh had. So, um, you know, <coughs> and Joseph interprets the two dreams, which was like one dream, but he interprets the two dreams of Pharaoh and, uh, you know, and he tells Pharaoh that there's going to be seven years of uh, famine and there will be seven years of plenty to start with. And during those years, Pharaoh should gather all he can in granaries in the granaries of Egypt and prepare for that coming day. Like in the days of plenty, Pharaoh should gather and store up grain in order to prepare for the seven years of uh, famine. So Pharaoh put Joseph in charge of this particular job and Joseph becomes what corresponds to be you know the prime minister of Pharaoh so now we see here that you know all the way through Joseph's life um, you know we see God's with Joseph and the hand of God is by his the hand of God by his providence is leading Joseph so we see the hand of God throughout Joseph's life and you know at this particular time and you know at the throne of egypt because we tend to wonder like you know pharaoh just said oh you're the man in charge so the explanation for this is and at this particular time at the throne of egypt they had come to the throne of the pharaohs the hyksos the hyksos king the hyksos kings and you know they were from the desert so they were bedouins a nomadic, a nomadic group, and for a period of time, they came in and took over the throne of Egypt, and they belonged to the same human stock that Joseph belonged to, and these uh, Hyksos, uh, the Hyksa kings, they found it very difficult in Egypt to actually find someone who they would, who'd actually be very loyal to them, and this is the one thing that actually characterized Joseph, the fact that he was faith-filled and God was moving in his life and he was faithful. 
So J Joseph was very faithful to God, and he was faithful to whomsoever he attached himself to. So he was faithful to God. He believed God. He was very enthusiastic and very optimistic. He had faith to faith in God, and um, he he was loyal, and he he actually attached himself to Potiphar, his uh, first master, and to the um, jailer, the jailkeeper, and now to Pharaoh, and his ta uh, so he and he also attached himself to his tasks. So this actually explains why Joseph found. You know, a ready reception from Pharaoh. So Joseph was also given um, a chain about him, like from our last study. He was given a chain about his neck, which actually gave him the same authority that Pharaoh had. And Joseph was given a ring and a signet that had an emblem of the Pharaoh. And then he was um, also given the daughter of one of the priests of On for a bride. And she was called... Um, let me just read her name. She was called... What was her name? Sorry, just a second. Um, <clears throat> so the his bride... I want to pronounce it correctly. Um, <clears throat> so Joseph's bride was called As Aseneth. Asenef, I hope I'm pronouncing it correctly. Um, <coughs> sorry, just a second. I need to blow my nose. I have a cold. Okay. So, okay. Uh, Joseph's bride was called Asenef. And, uh, <sighs> sorry. And it means she who is of Neith. So Anit is an Egyptian goddess. So she was um an idol an idolatress. So she is a Gentile bride for Joseph. So, you know, from Dr. Jeevan McGee's um explanation, the parallel um comparison between Joseph and Christ, here we see um there is a parallel of Joseph with the Lord Jesus Christ. And the Lord Jesus Christ is calling out a gentile bride out of the world and that's the church and here we see uh, joseph has a gentile bride asenath so verse 46 of our teaching reads that's where we begin our study joseph was 30 years old when he stood before pharaoh king of egypt and joseph went out from the presence of Pharaoh and went through all the land of egypt so here christ now has begun his ministry when um so actually Christ began his ministry when he was 30 years old and here we see Joseph is 30 and that's when he's beginning his ministry here in Egypt so we see the parallelity of it um verse 47 goes on to read now in the seven plenty years plentiful years the ground brought forth abundantly so during these seven years of abundance Joseph is gathering all the produce of the land and there was a great harvest and abundance in those years. Verse 48 <clears throat> reads, So he gathered up all the food of the seven years which were in the land of Egypt and laid up the food in the cities. He laid up in every city the food of the fields which surrounded them. So, 
um, there was, you know, a good distribution. So he was working with food storage and distribution. So there was a good distribution. So he's laying up the food of the field in the cities for ready for distribution. So he's a pretty smart person. So there's like granaries where the food's being stored. Verse 49, 49 goes on to read. Joseph gathered very much grain as the sand of the sea until he stopped counting for it was immeasurable. <clears throat> so here it was, um, you know, Egypt was a bread basket here. Technically, it's going to be the bread basket. Egypt was the bread basket of Egypt and it was the bread basket of uh, the occupied um, world lands of that time. Verse 50 goes on to read, and to Joseph were born two sons before the years of uh, famine came whom Asenath, the daughter of Potiphera, priest of On, bore to him. Joseph called the name of the firstborn Manasseh, for God had made him forget all about, uh, for God had has made me forget all about my toils and all my father and all my father's house. So Manasseh, amnesia. In other words, so here, um, you know, so much uh, had happened to Joseph when he got to Egypt. And he had, you know, he had so much to do. And when his son was born, um, it was the fitting name. Like, it's, it's amnesia. Forget about all the toils that I went through. Um, that's how Joseph named his um, son. So Joseph had... Also, it's important to note that he had shaved himself when he met the Pharaoh because um, the Hebrews wore long beards and this actually speaks of resurrection, you know, in parallel com comparison with Christ. So this speaks of resurrection because he lays aside the old life and now begins the new life. So he looks, talks and dresses like an Egyptian. So it's important to actually note this because we shall uh, come back to this later on in a bit in our study. <laughs> Verse 52 goes on to read, And the name of the second he called Ephraim, for God had caused him to be fruitful in the land, for God has caused me to be fruitful in the land of my affliction. So here, um, Ephraim means fruitful. Verse 53 goes on to read, Then the seven years of plenty which were in the land of Egypt ended. So Joseph, here, as we see, is now 37 years old because the seven years of plenty has gone by already and he came in Pharaoh's presence and he was given this particular position of governor or prime minister when he was 30 so scripture goes on to read verse 54 and the seven years of famine began to come as Joseph had said and the famine famine sorry was in all lands, but in all the land of Egypt there was bread. Verse 55, so when all the land of Egypt was famished, the people cried to Pharaoh for bread. Then Pharaoh said to all the Egyptians, go to Joseph, whatever he says to you, do. So now here, Joseph is the one that had the bread 
and the parallel com the parallel comparison to Christ is the Lord Jesus Christ said, I am the bread of life, and Joseph had the bread. Verse fifty-six goes on to read. Um the uh, famine was over all the face of the earth, so that was the occupied inhabited earth by then. And Joseph opened all the storehouses and sold to the Egyptians. And the famine became severe in the land of Egypt. So all countries came to Joseph in Egypt to buy grain because the famine was severe in all the lands. So like we said, Egypt was now the breadbasket. And now we come to the end of chapter 41 and we get to chapter 42. And in this chapter, it's a dramatic chapter. And we can now begin to see the hand of God here working and... You know, like I said, it's a dramatic chapter. And when Joseph was uh, in the dungeon, he actually didn't see all this. But he actually believed God and was, you know, he was a very enthusiastic, he was a faithful person. He was very enthusiastic and he was always optimistic regardless of what happened. Which is what most of us fail to do, right? If we see, you know, um, trouble coming ahead, even if we see dark clouds ahead, um, we just tend to not have that much faith wouldn't it be great to have the kind of faith that joseph had i mean he had it rough he was sold at the age of 17 into slavery he did not know what lay ahead then he became he was bought by potiphar he became a slave and then he was accused of something he didn't do and he ended up getting locked up but he was still very positive about everything so now here we see the famine going to see the famine forces Jacob to actually send his sons to go to Egypt to buy corn. So he sent 10 of his sons and not 11. So he didn't include Benjamin as he didn't want to actually lose Benjamin in case of something terrible calamity happens. It would have killed him if he lost Benjamin because he had already lost Joseph or so he thought. So Joseph um when his brothers got to, to, to Egypt, he did recognize his brothers, but they didn't recognize him because of the following reasons. So the first is they thought he was dead. They were not expecting to see him, but he was expecting to see them. So, you know, it had been how many years? You know, they sold him into slavery at the age of 17. Then he was in first presence at the age of 30. Then there was seven years that went by. So he was 37. Uh, the seven good years, and then into the famine, so maybe two or three years later, so he must have been in his 40s, and they lost him when he was 17. And then the second reason was he shaved, and remember we talked about him, like he now shaved, and now he dressed like an Egyptian, looked like an Egyptian. So he had shaved off his, he had shaved, and um, it had been like, you know, over 20 years since he was sold into slavery, and, you know, we also add the years of the famine as well. So scripture reads verse 1 of Genesis chapter 42. When Jacob saw that there was grain in Egypt, Jacob said to his sons, Why do you look at one another? So now they were looking at themselves, the brothers, they were, the ten brothers. They were looking at themselves in a doleful, sad way, uh, not knowing what to actually do verse 2 goes on to read and he said indeed i have heard that there is grain in egypt go down to the place and buy for us there that you we may live and not die 
So this here actually illustrates faith. So Jacob, he actually heard, he believed, and he acted on it. So he actually acted on it based on what he heard. And he acted. And this is faith. So the Lord Jesus Christ said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved. And that's what faith is. To act on something that you've heard or you haven't seen. And this is how we actually get eternal life. It's through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 3 goes on to read, But Jacob did not send Joseph's brother, Benjamin, with his brothers, for he said, least some calamity sorry, before him. So, um, you know, for Jacob, it seems it wouldn't actually have hurt to lose um, any of the uh, ten um, sons as compared to losing um, Benjamin. It would have killed him. Um, he wouldn't see, it seems he wouldn't even have minded losing any of one of the ten. Scripture goes on to read verse 5. And the sons of Israel went to buy grain among those who journeyed, for the famine was in the land of Canaan. Now Joseph was governor over the land, and it was he who sold to all the people of the land. And Joseph's brothers came and bowed down before him and their faces to the earth. So now here Joseph had actually been watching out for them, for his brothers, because he knew they were going to come. He actually knew that they would come and he had, um, you know, he he had that dream. He remembered, you know, he may not have seen it coming all along when he was in the dungeon and all, um, but he still had faith and believed in God. And now the hand of God is working. Scripture goes on to read verse 7. Joseph saw his brothers and recognized them, but he acted as though as a stranger to them and spoke roughly to them. Then he said to them, where do you come from? And they said, from the land of Canaan to buy food. So now here, Jacob is actually asking them pointed questions. He's like now testing them. Scripture goes on to read verse 8. So Joseph recognized his brothers, but they did not recognize him. Remember, he had shaved and they saw him like over 10 years ago. 20 years ago, rather. And then Joseph remembered the dreams. Uh, so the dreams, now he remembers, you know, the hand of God working. Um, so now J- Jacob remembered, Joseph, sorry, remembered the dreams, which he had dreamed about them and said to them, you are spies. You have come to see the nakedness of the land. And they said to him, no, my Lord, but your servants have come to buy food. We are, verse 11, we are all one man's son. We are honest men. Your servants are not spies. Verse 12, but he said to them, <clears throat> No, but you have come to see the nakedness of the land. And they said, Your servants are twelve brothers, the sons of one man in the land of Canaan. And in fact, the youngest is with our father today, and one is no more. But Joseph said to them, it is as I spoke to you, saying, you are spies. So now, we will give, um, so now, sorry, Jacob is giving, is going to give them a test. And he will find out more about his family without actually letting his brothers know who he is. Because they can't recognize him. 
they actually thought maybe he was dead. They didn't expect him to be in that particular position that he was in. Okay, so this is our teaching for today. Very dramatic, very interesting. Can't wait to read and know where the story goes tomorrow. Thank you all for listening in. God bless you all and have a pleasant day. Bye.